Day 37, God's Love Letter to You, Acts of the Apostles 9, Saul's Conversion. Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from the heavenly, from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sounds of someone's voice, but saw no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground. When he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. He remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling, Ananias! Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, Go over to Straight Street, to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. But Lord, explained Ananias, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to believers in Jerusalem, and he is authorized by leading priests to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. But the Lord said, Go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings, as well as the people of Israel, and I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. Afterward, he ate some food and regained his strength. Saul in Damascus and Jerusalem. Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days, and immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is indeed the Son of God. All who heard him were amazed. Isn't this the same man who caused such devastation among Jesus' followers in Jerusalem, they asked? And didn't he come here to arrest them and take them in chains to the leading priests? Saul's preaching became more and more powerful, and the Jews in Damascus couldn't refute his proofs that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. After a while, some of the Jews plotted together to kill him. They were watching him for day and night at the city gate so they could murder him, but Saul was told about their plot. So during the night, some of the other believers lowered him in a large basket through an opening in the city wall. When Saul arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to meet with the believers, but they were all afraid of him. They did not believe he had truly become a believer. Then Barnabas brought him to the apostles and told them how Saul had seen the Lord on the way to Damascus, and the Lord had spoken to Saul. He also told them that Saul had preached boldly in the name of Jesus in Damascus. So Saul stayed with the apostles and went all around Jerusalem with them, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. He debated with some Greek-speaking Jews, but they tried to murder him. When the believers heard about this, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him away to Tarsus, his hometown. The church then had peace throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria. 
and it became stronger as the believers lived in fear of the Lord. And with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, it also grew in numbers. Peter heals Ananias and raises Dorcas. Meanwhile, Peter traveled from place to place, and he came down to visit the believers in the town of Lydda. There he met a man named Aeneas, who had been paralyzed and bedridden for eight years. Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and roll up your sleeping mat. And he was instantly healed. Then the whole population of Lydda and Sharon saw Aeneas walking around, and they turned to the Lord. There was a believer in Joppa named Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. She was always doing kind things for others and helping the poor. About this time, she became ill and died. Her body was washed for burial and laid in an upstairs room. But the believers had heard that Peter was nearby at Lydda, so they sent two men to beg him. Please come as soon as possible. So Peter returned with them, and as he arrived, they took him upstairs to the, to the upstairs room. The room was filled with windows, widows who were weeping and showing him the coats and other clothes Dorcas has made for them. But Peter asked them all to leave the room. Then he knelt and prayed. Turning to the body, he said, Get up, Tabitha. And she opened her eyes. When she saw Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. Then he called in the widows and all the believers, and he presented her to them alive. The news spread through the whole town, and many believed in the Lord. And Peter stayed a long time in Joppa, living with Simon, a tanner of hides. Genesis 35, Jacob's return to Bethel. Then God said to Jacob, get ready and move to Bethel and settle there. Build an altar there to the God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. So Jacob told everyone in his household, get rid of all your pagan idols, purify yourselves and put on clean clothing. We're now going to Bethel where I will build an altar to the God who answered my prayers when I was in distress. He has been with me wherever I have gone. So they gave Jacob all their pagan idols and earrings, and he buried them under the great tree near Shechem. As they set out, a terror from God spread over the people in all towns of that area, so no one attacked Jacob's family. Eventually, Jacob and his household arrived at Luz, also called Bethel, in Canaan. Jacob built an altar there and named the place El Bethel, which means God of Bethel, because God had appeared to him there when he was fleeing from his brother Esau. Soon after this, Rebekah's old nurse, Deborah, died. She was buried beneath the oak tree in the valley below Bethel. Ever since, the tree has been called Elan Beknuth, which means Oak of Weeping. Now that Jacob had returned from Paddan Aram, God appeared to him again at Bethel. God blessed him, saying, Your name is Jacob, but you will not be called Jacob any longer. From now on, your name will be Israel. So God renamed him Israel. Then God said, I am El Shaddai. God Almighty, be fruitful and multiply. You will become a great nation, even many nations. Kings will be among your descendants, and I will give you the land I once gave to Abraham and Isaac. Yes, I will give it to you, your descendants, after you. Then God went up from the place where he had spoken to Jacob. Jacob set up a stone pillar to mark the place where God had spoken to him. Then he poured wine over it as an offering to God and anointed the pillar with olive oil. And Jacob named the place Bethel, which means house of God, because God had spoken to him there. The Deaths of Rachel and Isaac Leaving Bethel, Jacob and his clan moved toward Ephrath. But Rachel went into labor while they were still some distance away. Her labor pains were intense. After a very hard delivery, the midwife finally exclaimed, Don't be afraid. You have another son. 
Rachel was about to die, but with her last breath, she named the baby Ben-Oni, which means son of my sorrow. The baby's father, however, called him Benjamin, which means son of my right hand. So Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. Jacob set up a stone monument over Rachel's grave, and it can be seen there to this day. Then Jacob traveled on and camped beyond Migdal Itter. While he was living there, Reuben had intercourse with Bilhah, his father's concubine, and Jacob soon heard about it. These are the names of, Jake, of the twelve sons of Jacob. The sons of Leah were Reuben, Jacob's oldest son, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun. The sons of Rachel were Joseph and Benjamin. The sons of Bilhah, Rachel's servant, were Dan and Naphtali. The sons of Zilpah, Leah's servants, were Gad and Asher. These are the names of the sons who were born to Jacob at Paddan Aram. So Jacob returned his father to his father Isaac in Mamre, which is near Kiriath Arba, now called Hebron, where Abraham and Isaac had both lived as foreigners. Isaac lived for 180 years, then he breathed his last and died at the ripe old age, joining his ancestors in death, and his son Esau and Jacob buried him. Genesis 36, Descendants of Esau. This is the account of the descendants of Esau, also known as Edom. Esau married two young women from Canaan, Ada, the daughter of, the, of Elon the Hittite, and Ohalabama, the daughter of Anna and granddaughter of Zibion the Hivite. He also married his cousin Basement, who was daughter of Ishmael and the sister of Naboth. Ada gave birth to a son named Eliphaz for Esau. Basemath gave birth to a son named Rule. Ohalibama gave birth to son Jush, Jalam, and Korah. All these sons were born to Esau in the land of Canaan. Esau took his wives, his children, and his entire household, along with his livestock and cattle, all the wealth he had acquired in the land of Canaan, and moved away from his brother Jacob. There was not enough land to support them both because of all the livestock and possessions they had acquired. So Esau, also known as Edom, settled in the hill country of Seir. This is the account of Esau's descendants, the Edomites, who lived in the hill country of Seir. These are the names of Esau's sons, Eliphaz, the son of Esau's wife Ada, and Ruel, the son of Esau's wife Basemah. The descendants of Eliphaz were Timon, Omar, Zephar, Gatam, and Kenaz. Timnah, the concubine of Esau's son Eliphaz, gave birth to a son named Amalek. These are the descendants of Esau's wife Ada. The descendants of Rule were Nahath, Zerah, Shema, and Misa. These are the descendants of Esau's wife, Basemeth. Esau also had sons through Ahalabama, the daughter of Anna, and the granddaughter of Zibion. Their names were Jush, Jalam, and Korah. These are the descendants of Esau who became the leaders of various clans. The descendants of Esau's oldest son, Eliphaz, became the leaders of the clans of Timon. Omar, Sepho, Kanaz, Korah, Gatam, and Amalek. These are the clan leaders in the land of Edom who descended from Eliphaz. All these descendants of Esau's wife, Ada. The descendants of Esau's son, Rule, became the leaders of the clans of Nahath, Zerah, Shema, and Misa. These are the clan leaders in the land of Edom who descended from Rule. All these descendants of Esau's wife, Basemeth. The descendants of Esau and his wife, Ohalabama, became the leaders of the clans of Jush, Jalam, and Korah. 
These are the clan's leaders who descended from Esau's wife, Ohalabama, the daughter of Anam. These are the clans descended from Esau, also known as Edom, identified by their clan leaders. Original Peoples of Edom These are the names of the tribes that descended from Sar, the Hare. They lived in the land of Edom, Lotan, Shaval, Zibion, Anna, Dishan, Ezer, and Dishan. These were the Horite clan leaders, the descendants of Seir, who lived in the land of Edom. The descendants of Lotan were Hori, Himam. Lotan's sister was named Timnah. The descendants of Shobal were Alvin, Manahath, Ebal, Shepho, and Anam. The descendants of Zibion were Aya and Anna. This is the Anna who discovers the hot springs in the wilderness while he was grazing his father's donkeys. The descendants of Anna were his son, Dishan, and his daughter, Ahalabama. The descendants of Dishan were Hamdan, Eshban, Ithron, and Quran. The descendants of Ezer were Bilhan, Zavan, and Akon. The descendants of Dishan were Uz and Aran. So these leaders of the Harite clans, Lotan, Shabal, Zibion, Anna, Dishan, Ezer, and Dishan. The Harite clans named after their clan leaders who lived in the land of Seir. Rulers of Edom. These are the kings who ruled in the land of Edom before any king ruled over the Israelites. Bela, son of Beor, who ruled in Edom from his city of Dinhaba. When Bela died, Johab, the son of Zerah from Basra, became king in his palace. When Johab died, Husham, the land from the land of Temanites, became king in his palace. When Husham died, Hadad, son of Bedad, became king in his place and ruled from the city of Avath. He was the one who defeated Midianites in the land of Moab. When Hadad died, Samla from the city of Mazreka became king in his place. When Samla died, Shal from the city of Rehoboth on the river became king in his place. When Shal died, Baal-Hanan, son of Akbor, became king in his place. When Baal-Hanan, son of Akbor, died, Hadad became king in his place and ruled from the city of Paul. His wife was Mehetabel, the daughter of Matred and the granddaughter of Mazahab. These are the names of the leaders of the clans descended from Esau who lived in the places named for them. Timnah, Elva, Jetheth, Ohalabama, Elah, Pinon, Kenaz, Timon, Mibzar, Megdiel, and Iram. These are the leaders of the clans of Edom, listing according to their settlements in the land they occupied. They all descended from Esau, the ancestor of the Edomites. Psalm 37 a Psalm of David. Don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong, for like grass, they soon fade away. Like spring flowers, they soon wither. Trust in the Lord and do good, and then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desire. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him, and he will help you. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn, and the justice of your cause will shine like no noonday sun. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil, people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Don't lose your temper. It only leads harm for the wicked will be destroyed, but those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. 
Soon the wicked will disappear. Though you look for them, they will be gone. The lowly will possess the land, and we will live in peace and prosperity. The wicked plot against the godly. They snarl at him in defiance, but the Lord just laughs, for he sees their day of judgment coming. Their wicked, the wicked draw their swords and string their bows to kill the poor and the oppressed, to slaughter those who do right, but their swords who will stab their own hearts, and their bows will be broken. It is better to be godly and have little than to be evil and rich, for the strength of the wicked will be shattered, but the Lord takes care of the godly. Day by day, the Lord takes care of the innocent and they will receive an inheritance that lasts forever. They will not be disgraced in hard times. Even in famine, they will have more than enough, but the wicked will die. The Lord's enemies are like flowers in a field. They will disappear like smoke. The wicked borrow and never repay, but the godly are generous givers. Those the Lord blesses will possess the land and those he curses will die. The Lord directs the step of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. Once I was young, and now I am old, yet I have never seen the godly abandoned or their children begging for bread. The godly always give generous loans to others, and their children are a blessing. Turn evil, turn from evil and do good. You will live in the land forever, for the Lord loves justice, and he will never abandon the godly. He will keep them safe forever, but the children of the wicked will die. The godly will possess the land and will live there forever. The godly offer good counsel. They teach right from wrong. They have made God's law their own, and so they will never slip from his path. The wicked wait in ambush for the godly, looking for an excuse to kill them. But the Lord will not let wicked succeed or the godly be condemned where they are put on trial. Put your hope in the Lord. Travel steadily along his path. He will honor you by giving you the land. You will see the wicked destroyed. I have seen wicked and ruthless people flourishing like a tree in its native soil. But when I looked again, they were gone. Though I searched for them, I could not find them. Look at those who are honest and good, for a wonderful future awaits those who love peace. But the rebellious will be destroyed. They have no future. The Lord rescues the godly. He is, in their, he is their fortress in times of trouble. The Lord helps them, rescuing them from the wicked. He saves them, and they find shelter in him.